Last week, our kids got their school pictures. They're now uh, ages seven and five. But school pictures have a way of making kids look older than they really are. Have you ever noticed that? Looking at their pictures, I thought, how can they be growing up so quickly? For me, it was a, a proud papa moment. As much as we all love the kids in our lives, our own kids, uh, our grandkids, our nieces and nephews, or any other kids uh, we know, as much as we love them, our love for them, even at its best, is just a tiny fraction of the love God has for his children. Today we're going to continue our series called Lord, Teach Us to Pray. And we're focusing on the first prayer, first part of the prayer rather, that Jesus teaches us. This prayer according to Jesus. He says this is how we should pray. And then he begins the prayer, our Father in heaven. I'm sure some of you watched the Penn State uh, football game uh, last night. Anybody stay up for that one? One thing Joe Paterno had his Penn State teams uh, do after each game was actually to pray, to pray. Uh, he'd gather the team together and lead them in the Lord's Prayer. It was his favorite prayer. Coach Paterno once commented on why he found that prayer so meaningful. He said one reason was the first phrase, our Father, our Father. The Lord's Prayer uses the words us, and we and our. It doesn't use the word I or me or mine. It's striking that this prayer Jesus teaches us begins with our, our. Uh, that indicates we're a team. Paterno was all about the team, not the individual above the team, but the team, our signifies us together. This is the power of the Christian community. This is the significance of the church. God has brought us together as a team. We're a family, and we have God as our loving Father in heaven. Now, we don't call God Father because God is male, uh, the Bible actually uses feminine imagery of God as well. For example, Jesus talks about how he longs to gather the children of Jerusalem together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings. God is beyond the distinctions and, and limitations of creaturely existence, including gender. We call God Father because this is how Jesus taught us to call the one who sent him. Jesus teaches us, when you pray, pray this way. Then Jesus gives us the Lord's Prayer, which begins with the phrase, our Father in heaven, or in the Old English, our Father who art in heaven, or in the really Old English, our Father which art in heaven. But when we pray, our Father in heaven, what are we saying? What does it mean? From this passage this morning and the overall message of the New Testament, three things become apparent. First, that God is our Father in heaven means you are created and loved by God. 
When Jesus taught the disciples to pray, he did so in a profound and even shocking way. He told them to pray, Our Father. No Jewish person had ever dared such a thing. They wouldn't even say the name of God because of how sacred God's name is. Jesus teaches that God is personal. He uses a term of great familiarity. Every one of us has a human father. Whether our human fathers represent God well is an open question, and I'll say a bit more about that later. But for now, it's highly significant that Jesus calls God Father, because this is a new way of understanding and relating to God. God wants you to understand Him and relate to Him in a personal way. This is the God who made all that there is out of nothing. The hills, trees, and stars. And also the God who made human beings, both male and female, in his own image. The creator of this vast cosmos created you and cares for you. The singer-songwriter Robbie Williams sings these words in the song called, Feel. I just want to feel real love. I just want to feel real love. That line echoes the deep longing of the human heart. We all just want to feel real love, don't we? Every one of us. God wants you to feel his love for you. He wants you to accept his love in your heart. You can receive his love in a new way today. You are created uniquely and loved personally by God. That's how God wants to relate to you and to others. God made you in his image with the the capacity to be in relationship with him, a relationship marked by unconditional love and deep familiarity. That's the first thing we affirm when we pray, our Father in heaven. A second is like it, that through faith in Jesus, you are a child of God. By believing and trusting in Jesus, your status before God changes. You become part of God's family, adopted by grace. The scriptures say that we who were once cut off from God have been allowed to come near. It has been made possible for us to come and be part of God's family, to be restored in relationship with God, to be children of God. You become a daughter or son of God in the Son, Jesus. And Jesus teaches us to address God as our Father in heaven. And he actually teaches us to, to use an Aramaic word, Abba, A-B-B-A. It's a word that is still uh, used by children uh, today in the Middle East, long before it was the name of an of a American or Swedish rock band, I guess it is. Uh, this was the meaning. Uh, Daddy, Papa, it's the most intimate word you can use to a father. 
Christian prayer is like that. It's to the Father who loves you. One little boy, aged two, wanted to feel his father's love. He raised both hands in the air and said, Hugga Dada. Hugga Dada. And the father picked up his son. He lifted him into his arms, embraced him, kissed him, and hugged him. It's a wonderful thing to hold a parent's hand, but an incomparably greater thing to have your parents' arms wrapped around you. This is an illustration of the experience of God's love. You know that God loves you through the cross. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You experience God's love through the Holy Spirit. God has poured out his love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit whom he has given to us. This is the love our Father in heaven has for you. We've all heard too many stories about unloving fathers. Fathers who are not very present in their kids' lives or who don't show them love. One such story would be too many. And I know from talking with people that decades later, decades later, emotional scars can still remain. Some of you might have or have had an earthly father who was not a good example of the love of God. Yet, each of us can know the love of God the Father. Love that is unconditional, wholehearted, and continual. Jesus says your heavenly Father knows everything about you, including the number of hairs on your head. For me, that's a diminishing number thanks to this bald spot back here. (laughs) But it's okay. God knows. And his love extends even to those who are losing their hair. In his love, God is always with you and always there for you. Your Father in heaven is always faithful and wants what is best for you. He is always ready to hear. Each month in our Splash Kids ministry, there is a memory verse. It's a great way for kids from a young age to learn to take God's word into their hearts. And you know there's such power in us taking God's word into our hearts, learning the promises of God by heart. I commend this practice to you, and I'm so proud of how you as a church are making this a commitment among young people in particular, that you're teaching them from a young age the value and significance of taking God's word, his promises, into their hearts. Many families in our church have made the monthly scripture memory verse a family activity. So they learn the verse for that month together as a family. We have our kids write the verse on a board that hangs from our dining room wall. Here's this month's verse from Jeremiah chapter 29 and uh, written up there um, in the uh, distinctive child's uh, handwriting, isn't it? You know, kids, they might have their own, like, 
slightly different way of, of making letters, but it, it all kind of looks the same, doesn't it? Like it's a kid's, it's a kid's writing, and just seeing a kid's writing, uh, I think, is a beautiful thing. When you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. What an amazing promise from God. And this is the promise of prayer. The Lord says to you and me, when, when you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. Not, I might listen. Not, I'll consider it and then decide later if I want to pay attention to what you've said. No. God promises, when you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. You can count on that. Jesus is inviting us to share in the relationship he has with the Father. Not only do we pray to the Father through Jesus, but we pray by the Holy Spirit. In Romans chapter 8, Paul says, In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us. Sometimes people say about prayer, but I wouldn't know where to begin. I, 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 I don't know how to pray. But when you invite Jesus into your life, as you place your faith and your trust in Jesus, he comes in by his spirit. He lives within you. And when you pray, his spirit helps you to pray, to communicate with God. Here's a simple way to remember how to pray, uh, using the word pray as an acronym. Pause before God. Rejoice in God. Ask from God. Yield to God. I encourage you to, to, to take that to heart. Some of you might want to write this down. Just remember this. How do I pray? How do I pray? These are four great ways for you and for me to pray. Last week, we started a church-wide prayer initiative, 21 Days of Prayer. I've heard from a number of you about the difference this time of prayer has made in your life already. Uh, we're praying for, for three other people or families, and we're seeking to be open to how God might want to use us. You can pick up a form with instructions uh, at the Welcome Center after worship uh, today, if needed, and there's also an explanation of this, uh, this prayer campaign, this church-wide prayer initiative found in your bulletin in the GPS or the Grow, Pray, Study Guide there at the bottom. And I invite you to be part of this church-wide initiative. A little bit of time every day in prayer can make a difference. And how much more when we as a church family are all committed to praying daily, daily for God's will to be done, and for his kingdom to come. And that's what we're praying. We're praying so others can know God's love for them and that God's kingdom will come in their lives and in our world. For them and for us, God's kingdom means peace, hope, 
and purpose. And that's the third thing that we learn about what it means to address God as our Father. That in Jesus, you are set apart for a purpose. And that purpose is for you to play your part in making this world and our community look a little more like the kingdom of God. And you might think, what can I do? Look around and you will see many opportunities. Every year our church does a coat and blanket drive for our homeless and hurting neighbors in York. That started eight or nine years ago, and here's how. Someone from our church, a nurse, was on call at the hospital one cold winter night. The ambulance brought in a person who was found on the street without a coat and without a blanket in dangerously low temperatures. And tragically, that person ended up freezing to death. The nurse from our church came to me and said, this should never happen. This shouldn't be. What can we do? She had an idea to collect new or gently used blankets and coats so that doesn't happen again. So people don't end up on the street on a cold winter night without so little as a coat or blanket. A coat and blanket drive obviously doesn't solve the complex problems of homeless and poverty, but it helps to meet needs. And in doing so, this kind of work affirms the dignity and worth of every single person, including the most vulnerable in our society. In that way, it helps make our community look a little more like the world God intends. Here's another example of God's work through you, Sprite Church, for, for, the, for the kingdom of God. Our fall missions offering this year went to support children's literacy for kids in need uh, through our partnerships with local elementary schools. And once again, you as a congregation gave generously over $1,400 uh, plus, someone in our church uh, gave a gift of $1,000 directly to York Township Elementary School for their book fair last week. And my wife Molly served at the York Township book fair. One boy came to the cash register with a book in his hand. And Molly said, oh, would you, would you like to buy that book? And with sad eyes and a quiet voice, he looked up at Molly and he said, I wish I could, but my mommy told me we don't have money to buy any books. And she said, it's either food or books. No child anywhere should have to make a choice between food or books. Molly told the boy, we have money for you so you can buy books. And then she designated $50 in credit to his account so he could buy not just one book, but a lot of books. And that $50 came through you, Spry Church, through your generous giving, your faithful giving.
to this cause. And listen to what happened. When the boy heard Molly say that, that he could have book money to buy books of his own, across his face flashed a smile so big it could have lit up the room. And he picked out a stack of books and said excitedly, you mean I can have these books? And Molly replied, yeah, that's right. You, you picked some good ones. And he held those books with such pride and delight. They were his prized possessions. Later that same day, Molly saw the same boy walking down the hallway, and he was still clutching those books. It touched her heart to see the joy on this boy's face. It touched my heart just hearing about that and knowing that was possible because of your generosity as a church. She was able to help that child and other kids like that because of you. That's God's work through you. It doesn't solve every problem, but it makes a difference. And it makes our community look a little more like the kingdom of God that Jesus came to bring. You are created and loved by God. Through faith in Jesus, you are a child of God. In Jesus, you are set apart for a purpose. That's what we affirm by saying, our Father in heaven. I want to end the message today with a special way of celebrating what all this means. The Bible speaks often of the practice of anointing with oil. It signifies that you are loved by God and consecrated, set apart for his purpose and for his service. In Psalm 23, for instance, David says to the Lord, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Do you know that feeling I, uh, in life? Often we live as though our, our cup is running empty because that is the case. Doing so much, pouring out so much of ourselves here and there. And we're meant to pour ourselves out in love, but if we're not being filled back up again, we, ha we obviously have a clear limitation on how much we can do. But it's in that dynamic of the continual pouring ourselves out in love and service to others, and then God pouring into us and filling us again. It's in that dynamic that the beauty of the gospel is lived out. And you can say, too, to the Lord, you anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. My cup runs over. This is a sign, anointing in the name of the Lord. It's a sign of honor. It's a sign of empowerment. And in a moment, I'm going to invite you to come to one of our stations up front where we will anoint your forehead with oil and pray for God's blessings to be upon you, that you will pursue the unique and wonderful purpose our Father in heaven has for you, that you will know the love of God, that you will be filled again. And here's what I know, 
as you pursue that purpose each day, as you set your heart and your mind on God's purpose for you in your relationships, in your place of work, in the community, wherever you go, as you pursue God's purpose for you each day, you'll find great joy and great fulfillment because of the love of Jesus for you and for others. Won't you come?
And now in the confidence of children of God, we pray together the prayer Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. 